0: Welcome to Breaking Bread with Jen, where today's topic is racism and how it impacts a free market society. Our guest today is Andre Davis, who hails from San Francisco, California, but is a native of Detroit, Michigan. He is a recruiter, Spanning his reach between America and Asia, and because of this, he has a good perspective of society outside of America, a more global view, which I feel makes him an expert on how society works related to a free market society. So Andre, are you there?
1: I'm here.
0: Okay, well, welcome. Welcome. Are you ready to break bread?
1: Yes, I am. Always. Okay.
0: Well, I always hear you talking about this free market society. So what exactly is a free market society?
1: Okay, so I am not an economist. So this is as you know, this is a layman's term. Okay, it's not an official e- economic term. Okay. Um, I see a free market society in which uh people who have skills Uh, Present those skills to other people who would like to take advantage of those skills through a payment. That's about as general as it gets um, and as basic as I get with the term. Um, And this is an objective standard that we live in in America, meaning this is not a communist country where the state controls the market or a socialist country where heavily influences the market. Okay. Um, Ideally, America is supposed to be a free market, which we both know that's not necessarily true because we have corporate welfare and things like that. But in general, when it comes to a person's production, um, they have the right to enter the market and present those skills to that market and hope to uh, and receive payment for those skills. So that's the free market I'm talking about. So
0: so just explain it uh, a little bit better. Give examples of what you mean. Are you saying that um, someone who is a barber and provides a service expects to get paid money for that service? Is that an example of a free market transaction?
1: Well, that would be, you could say transaction, yes. Um, you know, I go into a barber shop and the guy's not going to cut my hair for free, right? So he, I, I need a barber. I need somebody with skills. This guy or woman decided to go and obtain those skills. They set up shop and do whatever marketing, word of mouth, and say, hey, I'm a barber. I'm a guy whose hair, my, my hair is growing. I need a barber. So I go and check this person out. Now, if this person cuts my hair the way the last barber cut my hair when I was 11 years old, I no longer go to him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I go to someone else in that market who I'm hoping has better skills than that barber. So that's what I mean by free market. Yeah, that's where the the free free market
0: comes in. Okay, that you have the ability to traverse the quote-unquote market and do a... Deeds for service. That's basically what it is. A deeds for yeah. service with whomever you feel um, is your best person for whatever that deed is.
1: Right. And, uh, you could say like at liberty too, right? Instead of the word free, because that, that may get confusing as it relates to money, right? Oh, free yeah. money. No, I'm not talking about that. It's more like liberty. Like you're at liberty to go to barber A or barber B and there's no government that said hate hey, is your only choice
0: okay, right, right, okay, gotcha. So with that being said, and that being clarified, how does racism impact a free market society?
1: Well, just to let your listeners know, there's no way we can cover this topic in four hours, let alone okay. twenty or thirty minutes. So right. this is going to be a very peripheral view. of of the topic. So I wrote a book that we'll talk about a little bit, but in that book, it talks about racism and the free market society. How if you see yourself as living in a racist society, as opposed to a free market society, your choices in life will likely be different. An example that will be, if you're living your life and you assume you're in a free market society, Uh let's just say pretend there's no racism at all. Well, you need to make money in this society. Why? Because you want to eat, you want a house, you want a home, you want security. How do you get that? You get that through first employment and then maybe one day being an employer and you receive revenue. And with that revenue, you take that and purchase, other people's services. So if you're thinking that way, you say, well, I'm going to choose to be, let's say an engineer, or I'm going to choose to be a doctor. Um, These lofty goals require long-term planning, right? And long-term commitment and sacrifice. Uh, If you decide, well, you know, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to spend 12 years in school. I just want to live my life and have a lot of fun and just have a simple life. Maybe I'll just be uh, a salesperson, a retail salesperson. Well, if you choose to be a retail salesperson, the outcome, at the end of the day, you should make less money than that doctor. You're true. you know your stability economic stability should be different than a computer science engineer the trade-off with that is you didn't spend as much time in school but you don't make as much money and you don't um and you know you might be getting you may get laid off frequently or something like that you don't have the benefits you never acquire enough money to open up your own retail shop those are the trade-offs now if you're living your life and you're living it as if you live in a purely racist society, your choices in life will be based on that assumption. Because I call it an assumption because it's subjective. Whereas a free market society is objective. Like that's, that's real, you know, you work, you get paid a racist society is going to be subjective because, why? There's it depends on how you view things, right? Yes. Uh, a simple example would be if I ran through a stoplight in some suburb going 15 miles over the speed limit and I get pulled over by a cop, I could assume two things. Well, I can assume one thing, that this cop pulled me over because he's racist, he would have let any other person go through that light and not stop them but i broke an objective law mm-hmm. right so option comes where you have to get inside somebody else's head and assume what they're thinking but objectively i i broke a law right? yeah so let me dial it back in a little bit if you grow up and you're seeing your world your society as mainly a racist society and your race is stigmatized. Uh-huh. You happen to be in a multicultural or multiracial society, but the, the race you belong to happens to be the one that's stigmatized. Right. You can't, you can't change your race, right? There's nothing you can do about that. So the thinking of, well, I want to be a doctor. I want to be an engineer. Right? These long-term goals are harder for that person to even start moving towards because at the end of the day in a racist society, you're a doctor, but you're still a part of that stigmatized race. Uh-huh. So you're not going to enjoy the benefits that someone in that community who is not a part of that stigmatized race would. So it's very discouraging. It's like, don't bother. I might as well just be a retail salesperson because I don't need to spend all that money in school. I don't need to spend all that money on school. I don't need to spend all that time in school when at the end of the day, I'm still going to be a stigma. You know, my race is still stigmatized in this community. So this
0: sounds sounds more like individuals who have a defeatist mentality about themselves and their abilities to achieve greatness in society
1: yes that that you're dead on there, and oh. the broader the broader issue is when you get several of those individuals thinking that way and then a whole community thinking that way mm, okay, what happens to the community, right? And then if you have a whole community thinking that way, or a a great amount of people in that community thinking that way, then that community starts to fall. And those who don't see that society that way, let's say, they're like, you know, I'm black as tar, but I'm a a doctor because my daddy, my mama told me I could be a doctor and I like helping people. I I don't be a doctor, right? Well, they're not the same society. Eventually, they have to right? If they, if if yeah. 10 people in this group are like, well, you know, if I man, do I want to be a doctor? No. I, ain't I mean, you know, I'm going to get pulled over by the police all the time. You know, I'll probably end up in jail, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you're the, if you're amongst those people and you want to become a doctor, that's it's going to be impossible. You're going to have to unfortunately, pull yourself or distance yourself yes. away from that right. society.
0: Leave, right. Leave right. that society and, and but, but hopefully, once you achieve what you're trying to achieve, return to yes. that community and present yourself as an example for others to say, well, if he did that, if she did that, then I can do that.
1: Right. And what we have, as I talk about, I'm, I'm pro-African-American community. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not anti-anybody. I'm not, you know, I love everybody. I don't care what you are, creed, whatever. But there needs, I feel that at this point in our history, from 1619 to we're at a point in time where we can realize something. And an affluent, safe, vibrant African-American community that can be envious to those outside of that community, right? Yeah. I know we've had communities before, like Harlem or in Oklahoma, where it was vibrant Black Wall Street yes. that was yes, successful, but nobody wanted nobody wanted to live there. They were, they wanted to tear it down, right? But mm-hmm. I think at this point in our in our history, in this country's history, um, we we don't have any racist laws, right? We on the books. Now,
0: all the books, you right. can have
1: <laughs> racist, you know, racist people applying laws, right? Racist implementation of the law, uh, but that's extremely rare. Now to, you know, when our parents were growing up or their parents were growing up, especially in the South. So, how do when I wrote that the book, Our Two Society the premise of the book reason why I wrote it was basically how do we realize that and the racist society compared to the free market society one of those societies is hindering that realization another one but what
0: I'm gathering what I'm gathering from this is that the non-racist free market society is is pretty much a foundation um, that kind of makes America go around. But when you start talking about the racist free market society, that sounds to me like that
1: is somewhat self-imposed. Well, let me let's, let's slow down and talk about terminology here. So there's the period society. And then there's the free market society. Okay. You can't have a racist, free market society.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay.
1: You can't. You can't. So, yes, racism exists. Racists exist. There's something around that I truly believe, based on personal experience and just history of humans, (laughs) that racism will never just go away. It's an idea right? You can't destroy an idea. So with that reality, how do you move forward? How do you become affluent? How do you f- become successful? How do you feel happy? Right? Well, if, right. You, if you remain in that racist society, meaning that's your mindset, you feel like around every corner is a racist. Uh, you can't, you didn't get that job because of your racist boss, not because of the competition you were up against,
0: uh-huh. right?
1: If there's no room for that type of thought, it's like you said, it's kind of a defeatist mentality, right? right. But if you see yourself in a race, I mean, in a free society, you're considering the market before your, and okay. you, what does this market need? How do I get that? Right so wow. a great example as a recruiter i can tell you right now in america the most valuable degree you can obtain is a degree in computer science that's in general the okay. most valuable computer science degree you can get is from mit wow right so if if you get your example if you get Jerome, who goes to MIT and gets a CS degree, computer science degree, Jerome will never be unemployed unless he wow. goes in and shoots up the place. Right? right, right. If That's you get <laughs> right, and if you get, let's just say David, some random white guy who gets a CS degree from, let's just say, Michigan State, I guarantee you, Jerome will get that job before David.
0: Well MIT has a very uh elitist reputation when it comes to academics.
1: That's the point that's that's exactly the point. now I'm not saying that all African Americans need to all go to MIT <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm not saying that you need to go to a uh you know elite school in order to get a job. I'm not saying that at all. Mm-hmm. I'm saying consider the market, right. If I okay. get a CS degree, if I'm a degree from any college, right? Let's say I get into all state schools, Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan State, University of Michigan, the market. I know you went to Michigan, so you're gonna be a little biased about this. Yes, whatever degree, <laughs> whatever degree you get, if you get your degree from Eastern Michigan, and you get the same degree from the University of Michigan, the market says that the degree from the University of Michigan is more valuable. Yes, it does. In in general, right? I know some people yeah. be like, I went to Eastern and I'm gonna... I know. Okay. <laughs> I went to Eastern too. I graduated right. from Eastern. So I know, right? But the, the objective reality right now is if you got a degree from Michigan in sociology, you're more likely than not to get hired. High- for someone from Eastern Michigan with a degree in sociology. I think that's just common kind of oh, sense. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Right. Now, here's the thing we're living in 2019. What does the market, what pays the most in that market as far as education, right? Sociologist or computer scientist?
0: Computer scientist. Computer
1: scientists. So if you're in elementary school and you're a little black drone, or even if, what, what's a girl? Jennifer, right? Oh gosh. And if, you, <laughs> and if you got a choice, which you do, right? What do you wanna be when you grow up, right? I want to nurse, I wanna be a firefighter, I wanna be a policeman. The person that says, I wanna be a computer son. And they're serious, and they plan for that, and they make choices that will lead to that accomplishment. In general, their life in America will be more prosperous. Uh-huh. They'll have more economic opportunities. They'll probably live in a safer neighborhood. And uh-huh. these are just just facts that have nothing to do with race. With, with, with,
0: yeah, with race. Okay. And I, uh-huh. I
1: can take race out of that example. Because you, as you said, I lived in Japan. Well, you mentioned Asia. But I lived in Japan for six years. Right. Right. Homogeneous society, when I was there, was 99.6% Japanese. That is insane. But it's reality, right? If Johnny Tanaka, is the term I use, does not acquire skills as Johnny Watanabe, right? His life, in general, will not be as good as Johnny Watanabe hmm. They have a free market society, which, you know, they're free to go and explore and try and obtain certain skills. So if one Japanese person decides to be an auto mechanic and the other Japanese person decides to be a computer scientist. It's the same effect that you would have here in America. If you have one person who decides to become a computer scientist that's black and you have another person who happens to be Puerto Rican or white that chooses a sociology degree. At the end of the day, that person with the more marketable skills, the more desirable skills in that market will most likely have a better outcome in life relative to their peers. Now, that's the bad news, so to speak. Our, our age, right, and feel like it's too late. I'm raising kids. Or I'm raising grandkids. Andre, I can't go back to college right. <laughs> right, and get a CS degree at MIT. You don't have to, right? You really don't have to. But those who you're raising, the community around you, we can all help each other and encourage each other to view market what it is. It's an objective market, right? And you can say, like, I'm, instead of, here's just a couple, example. I want to encourage my kid that in this market, he can be whatever he wants to be. Right. And I'm going to sit down with this kid until he tells me five five options. Right? And we're going to talk about his career as a sociologist relative to a computer scientist. Now, if money is a primary motivator, okay, why don't you show him the statistics, <laughs> right? Yeah. You're more likely to make money as a computer scientist. And just encourage kids that way and it's to me if you're buying I don't want to sound preachy here but if you see the world as a racist you know if you see your society as just a racist society there's that hope that's out there in a the free market society and okay. the lack of in the racist society will have you making decisions that are almost counterintuitive or is counterintuitive to your success in a free market society. A great example would be, I just, my son is 12 years old. He's five foot two. He can't play a lick of basketball, but I bought him eight pair of Jordans.
0: Well, you bought them for style,
1: right? How much money is that? Right, you're talking. I don't know how much Jordan's cost now, but that's at least eight hundred dollars <laughs> Right, that's at least eight hundred bucks. But you never got them tutoring. Never, right. you know what I mean? It's like that objective free market is ignored. And when we grow up, and we become eighteen, and we go out into the world. Objectively, we're out there in a free market, and a okay. lot of us are still prepared for successful participation in that market. Yeah, we're prepared. We're prepared for a successful or unsuccessful participation in a racist society.
0: Okay. Wow. So I can see that this is a multi-layered <laughs> subject because just from what you said, my mind is spinning and I'm just thinking about um, parental responsibilities and how that ties into educational involvement from a parental perspective and, and those type of things. But you did mention that uh, you had a book our Two Societies, Our, O-U-R, Our Two Societies, and I know that it's a Best Indie Book Award winner, so tell the listeners how they can uh, get a copy of your book to delve even further into some of the things that we talked about today.
1: First, I'd like to say thank you for having me on the show, and second, the book is a lot more approachable than what we just talked about. hmm this autobiography is it's about me and my life and what I've seen, what I've experienced and how I view life funny and sad. Um, it's not very heady, it's very approachable, very easy read. And you can find it on Amazon, uh, it's in paperback, it's an e-copy, and I have a very, very wonderful narrator uh, named Kerry, who was famous in his own regard, audible book. So I highly okay. suggest for busy people uh, to check out the audible book. That way, you can you don't have to sit down and just you know read it. You can you can listen to it in your car and listen to it while you're on the treadmill, yeah, walking around I, in the park.
0: And of course, you know I read the book, but I'm sort of interested in hearing the audible version. So I probably will download the audible version and listen to um, your your reader, your narrator of the book and um, enjoy it a second time because it really is an enjoyable read. So I want to wrap things up with you, Andre, and I like to end my podcast with a tongue in cheek question. So your question is in the spirit of breaking bread with Jen, what is your favorite entree?
1: Entree, I would have to say. Ooh. Ooh.
0: <laughs> this question always stumps people. What's your favorite entree? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, it's
1: it's uh, steak.
0: Steak. Okay, so you a steak and potatoes or surf and turf?
1: Uh, steak. i I I like seafood, but I wouldn't. I can live without it. But yeah, if I'm Watch going out, out to dinner, I'm
0: what's what's your favorite cut of steak filet mignon filet mignon okay you fancy All right. <laughs> All right. okay. okay well thank you for joining us for another episode of breaking bread with jen remember to subscribe to the podcast on one of eight platforms including google spotify and apple itunes so that you don't miss the next episode dropping soon in June of 2019. And remember, Acts 2035, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Peace.